welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, this is the podcast brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. My name's Alan Collins, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce a new colleague who is... I'm Kathleen Hallisey. Hi, Kathleen. And uh, we've also got Danny. Hi, Danny. Hi, both. Right, but before we get going, I think Kathleen ought to introduce herself. Who are you? Why are you here? Um, right, who am I? So I am a solicitor specializing in abuse cases. I am American, as I'm sure you can hear from my accent. I became a lawyer in New York back in 2006, and I've been in the UK practicing law here since 2009 and have always acted on behalf of people who were injured, but have specialized particularly in abuse cases since 2014 exclusively. I have a particular area of interest in specialism in cases involving Jehovah's Witnesses and brought the first successful claim against them here in the UK. Wow, quite an introduction. Great to have you with us on this podcast, and I'm sure there'll be many, many more podcasts to come. And how are you doing, Danny? I'm well, thank you. Very well, very busy, which is always good. Happy to have you on board, Kathleen. I'm excited to be here. Go Team HJ. Today, we are going to be reflecting on the 2022 Hugh James NSPCC Abuse Conference that we did at the start of this month, April. But before we get into the topics, I just want to give everyone listening a trigger warning that today we will be talking about sexual abuse, historical abuse. We will be talking about consent. So if this is going to cause you any upset or any triggers, then please do um, stop listening and join us for another podcast at another time. Thanks, Danny. And of course, you took part in the conference, and um, I suspect in another podcast we'll be talking about your contribution to the conference. But today, we're going to talk about a couple of issues. And the first issue that we're going to talk about is consent. We had Professor Michael Salter, Associate Professor of Criminology at the University of New South Wales. And the subject of his talk to the conference was Betrayed by My Body. Some of our listeners may recall that a couple of weeks ago, Professor Salter in a podcast took us through some research into the issue of consent. And basically, he was talking to us about some pretty difficult taboo areas when it comes to consent, namely that children and young people, often as adults, feel very ashamed about what happened. They had a sense of misplaced guilt. And part of that derives from the fact that at the time that they were being abused, it may not necessarily have been horrific. It was, in fact, something that they may actually have liked at the time. I choose my words carefully because, obviously, you know, victims and survivors are harmed by what happened to them, and they recognise that, but they don't necessarily recognise until they're much older. And that's one of the problematical issues with child sexual abuse. So at the conference, he spoke about this issue in greater detail. And in particular, he focused on consent. And I think he was saying, was he not, Danny, that 
consent is still not readily understood. No, I think he's completely right. There's a lot of misconception about what consent is in all different areas. We talk about this often. It's often in the press, you know, especially in regards to established relationships. If it's a relationship between partners, husbands and wife, whether somebody's consented once or whether consent is ongoing, as we talk about all the time, whether you start to have intercourse or relationships, it's ongoing. And that was one thing that I think is very confused. And Kathleen, obviously through your work and through my work generally, consent is often an underlying issue, whether it's part of the legal case, part of the defence, or whether it's the psychological effects in the adult later on in life. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, again, something that's really not understood well by the general public and something that's incredibly harmful about abuse is the kind of complicit nature of it, where the victim or survivor feels that they are somehow also to blame, that they somehow consented to what was happening to them because, for example, maybe they didn't want it to happen, but their body responded in a certain way, which is just biological. And so, you know, that's an incredibly harmful aspect of abuse. And this is potentially controversial, I suppose, but you know there are there is research into this, and and obviously Professor Salter talked about this, but that when an, an assault is a violent assault, in some ways that is easier for a victim or survivor to process than when it is this kind of complicit nature of abuse, which frankly is I think more often what we see in our cases than than violent assaults necessarily. Yes, and I'm not sure through some of the cases that are ending up in the courts, that lawyers and the judiciary fully understand, you know, how subtle these issues can be. And it's concerning because, you know, quite clearly there's a risk of miscarriages of justice in that offenders are being acquitted or cases are failing because it's not understood. And it may well be that actually some of the victims and the witnesses may not necessarily understand because it's never been explained to them. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's educating the victims and survivors themselves around the nature of consent and that what true consent in fact is. And I think in terms of the legal system, particularly, you know, I'm just thinking about this topic and thinking about, say, for example, rape cases where if a woman isn't, you know, yelling and screaming or fighting the person off, does does the jury understand that she's not consenting when it is maybe a situation if she's not saying no, but her she's kind of physically resisting or she's crying. I had a case like that many years ago. So I think it's a broader conversation, a broader education that we need around the issue of consent. And we also heard, didn't we, from Simon Bailey, the former chief constable of Norfolk, and also Professor Nuria Lorenzo Dus. And their talks were separately challenges facing professionals protecting children and Dragon Spotter and Shield. And they were looking to the future. I think it can be fairly said were sort of saying we need to catch up. Um, We're behind the curve on detecting child abuse, particularly when it comes to online abuse. But there is potentially some hope in the form of technology and how technology may be the answer or maybe part of the answer to try and stem the tide, so to speak. We've talked about this a lot, especially over the last year of different elements of technology that have advanced and the law and support perhaps isn't there. You you know, we're talking about younger children being online, parents not being aware, but also hacking. All sorts of things happen online and it's just it feels like there's not enough safeguarding. 
you know, we talk about this often, but hopefully this is a point where there is a bit of a catch up because technology is just going to improve and we've got to make these changes now to to protect people. And of course, there's looking at it from the other side, you know, the tech companies, they potentially are going to face liabilities. I think so far in the UK, they've sort of escaped relatively unscathed, so to speak. But in the States, it's a bit different because there has been litigation. And I'm certainly not an expert on this, but I am aware of cases in the States where tech providers have been held in one form or another liable and have had to pay compensation running into a considerable number of um, dollars. And that is something that obviously as lawyers, we need to understand more in order to advise our clients. But from the tech company's um, point of view, I would have thought whatever they're doing here, they'd be looking across the pond to see what's happening in the States because what's happening there could end up happening here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, obviously we talk about this generally in terms of, you know, other companies are taking responsibility, but I think we need to look at kind of profits that these tech providers and tech companies are making and what their duty of care is to their users, particularly to children who are using their platforms. Yeah. And then going forward, you know, there's also repercussions for them in respect of funding as well. We've seen, you know, big platforms like Facebook, Twitter, look at different funding that they may lose. We had, we discussed, it was in late last year, I believe that Porn have lost sponsorship from, from MasterCard because of, you know, consent for images and, and videos that were online. So there's a lot, I think, that's going to be changing in the upcoming future on this. Indeed. Well, in a future podcast, we'll talk about some of the other speakers and their um, presentations at the conference. But in the meantime, I hope, listeners, that you've um, enjoyed listening to this latest podcast. And as always, if you have thoughts or ideas for future podcasts, please do get in touch. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Kathleen. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favourite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.